welcoming to the show Kyle Vendever, outdoor filmmaker and YouTube and all around content elevator. He has worked with or he works with the Bassmaster champion Brandon Polnick. He's elevated the bass fishing game with amazing content. They're pushing the bar forward. On this episode, we talk about building business relationships. We talk about good habits for creativity. We talk about the gear that Kyle uses to create these epic videos um, and so much more. So stay tuned. Excuse me, guys. What's up? Welcome to Club. What's up, guys? All right, I think I'm ready. Welcome back to another episode of the Creator Clubhouse. I am Prince James, your host, along with my co-host, DJ and Vieira. And today we have a special guest in the building, Mr. Kyle Van Dever. What's up, Kyle? What's up? Uh, stoked to be here, guys. Dude, we're stoked to have you. DJ, what's good? Not much, man. Just living the dream every day. V, happy Friday. Happy Friday. I'm stuck to be with you guys. This is, it's already been a great morning. We back. We back. Episode two. Back at it again. Kyle. What's up? I feel like I like need to like, like get into this podcast realm with you guys. Like I just, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm yeah. feeling the vibe. Like the excitement. Good, huh? You catch title vibes here, bro. <laughs> I'm pretty, I don't even know what that means, but. It's a major vibe. <laughs> It's like a wave that just crushes you. <laughs> it's a wave that never stops. Oh, boy. Um, I'm excited. Oh boy. I'm excited. So let's talk 2020 real quick. So we just got into 2021. Uh, how was 2020 for you? 2020 was good. It was interesting. I think everybody would agree with that. But honestly, I think it was a like like you guys said in the first episode, it was a, it was a time of growth and kind of reevaluating life um, and life as we know it. Uh, and just like progressing as a professional, but also as a human being too. So that was kind of like, I think it was, it was healthy in a sense of like reset. Obviously there's very traumatic things that were gone through, but I think that's like some of those things you just, it allowed you to slow down and kind of reevaluate what you're doing and, um, just, just as life as a whole. Yeah. That's good. The trauma. It's the trauma for me. So 2020 was all about <laughs> going through the hard things. Hard yeah, it's good. What was uh, what was the highlight from 2020? Man, I got to um, I got to spend a lot of time with family, uh, a lot more time with family than I expected. Especially, I mean, obviously the first part of 2020 was uh, a little hectic and and tried to stay away from like my immediate family. But afterwards, we kind of understood to kind of like what risks we were taking and, and everything was so slow. So we kind of allowed ourselves to be around each other a little bit more. I wasn't traveling nearly as often. So it was nice to just kind of like spend some quality time with family and slow down and obviously with some friends and stuff too. So like that was, it was really an interesting time in an odd way, like really grateful for, for all that time. Yeah. The slow time. So. You did like a surf trip at the end of the year too, right? Yeah. I went to, I went to Baja. That was like the first time I'd been to Baja and like, really done it and I'm I'm not a great surfer but I really enjoy it so like it was one of those things just being out there was a lot of fun and spending some time with friends you gotta come man I was jealous just watching it I was like he might not be a good surfer but like it looked like you were (laughs) I was trying to play the the part you were definitely playing the visuals were right yeah that's what I was trying to do as many poses with a surfboard as I possibly could just let my friends know that I was trying to surf you nailed it for sure so for those that don't know, Kyle Vandever is a filmmaker from Coeur d'Alene. Kyle is a filmmaker in the sports 
space. He films with a professional bass fisherman, and not just any professional bass fisherman, right? Yeah, he's pretty good. He's he's, right. he's like the the guy. He's he's one of I would say he's one of the top five in the world, uh, right? In the world, and it's crazy to call bass fishing a sport. Like when I first heard bass fishing, I was like, bass fishing? Like that's a I, I legit have no history with bass fishing, so I thought it was like bobbers. Like I thought you would legit throw a bobber out there. Like I thought that was fishing. Like that's the extent of what my fishing career had been. But but I've grown to like really enjoy it. But yeah, he's he's really good. I've learned from him and just like being able to spend time around him has been really cool. So I low key am jealous of you. I never told you this, but my my father was a huge, still to this day, huge bass fisherman. Um, I didn't appreciate it when I was young because it was really annoying because he, he's the guy that watches bass fishing on TV. And you're just like, <laughs> bro, give up the remote. Like, no one wants to watch your fishing show. Uh, but Kyle's bass the fishing, guy filming that show. Ba- no, Kyle's filming <laughs> some, some Seriously, it's, I've watched. It's, it's, you know yeah. what's up. Yeah. 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 There's certain families like, like where you just got a dad that, that messes with bass fishing and it's, it's a different thing. Yeah. It's a different uh, energy. Bro, I wish, it is. I wish uh, my dad would watch bass fishing. My dad watched like black and white westerns. Same. Oh, so it's awesome. like John Saturday. Wayne bass fishing, oh, dude, bro. Yeah. Stop it. Oh, man. <laughs> no, but I feel like you bring like a really interesting, because of like your creative background. You it's guys like, have changed the game yeah. with it. Yeah. It's, it's like fishing content, but with like a very artistic like viewpoint mm-hmm. yeah we, we we have fun with it and like it's hype yeah. it's well, fun yeah it's definitely like uh, and like i think like the stereotypical like bass fishing scene what you think is like very it comes off as very boring but like as soon as i like kind of got into that world and was able to kind of witness it firsthand i was like holy cow this is like intense like it's way more intense mm-hmm. than just like a bobber like there's no bobbers like i was amazed but it was one of those <laughs> deals where it's like you see the technique and like the, there's excitement. There's a lot of like, it's hard to be a spectator of like in person, but like with video, like that's my job is to capture it and then like distribute it to all the other people that who, who want to follow his channel. Um, but it's one of those deals where it's like, you see how exciting and how like, uh, it's like a nail biting. It's, it's, a, it truly is a sport. It's really interesting. So yeah, it's been cool to see. And, and we're trying to make, I've always like, like I want to make bass fishing cool to like, modern culture or pop culture like just because like it is such a cool sport and there's so much to learn from it just fishing in general like you know fishing from any one of your family members and like just going out and spending quality time together like that is equally as awesome but like when you're catching a fish you're like something there's really something there it's kind of interesting but yeah I love it I love bass fishing now proud to say that how how are you and Brandon changing the game I, I gotta imagine before you guys got on the scene there wasn't like there wasn't like a ton of like these hype videos and these like sick bass fishing productions going on. And so how has that like what what's been the response from the industry? Well, I mean, honestly, I think like there really wasn't nearly as much. Brandon was probably the first guy to kind of start a YouTube channel to kind of like push push his content and his story. And it's it's more than just fishing. It's more than that. It's the whole lifestyle that comes with being a professional bass fisherman uh, and just being on the road and everything. But like, it's interesting to see how it has changed a little bit of like, now we were the first people on tour to have a a camera guy following him. And now there's like 10 guys of the 85 in the field that have camera guys. So it's like, and you start to get used to like seeing and like next year is going to be even more. So it's like one of those deals where it's like, they understand the value of like putting their story out there and that's a really interesting perspective to see in the bass fishing world because like it's it's every angler is different every angler travels different every angler uh has a different lifestyle um 
so it's really cool to see the behind the scenes. Uh, but it, it's it's it took a lot of courage for him to actually like start that and go yeah, for it. It's like a it's like a pretty big investment. Oh yeah, to have someone like full time. Yep. My my favorite uh, thing that I've seen from you so far, it's like taking the YouTube approach to fishing. But you guys did an episode where it was like a video game where you guys were both like video game characters and you were challenging each other to catch more fish. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's like that's like being like going up against a pro boxer. <laughs> yeah, like, yo, I want to fight you well, right now. Well, I did try to like, I did try to give myself or give him a handicap because I made him fish with like, you a know, like the little kids board, rods yeah. and stuff and in gummy worms, and he still beat me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's how bad of a fisherman I am. What like, makes, okay, what makes this is this is what I've always been curious. Like a pro fisherman, what makes him better than like anyone else? Oh man, it's uh the. I, he always says the term, anybody can catch a fish, but not everybody can find fish. And that's the hardest part of fishing. Like if you're around fish, it's not too hard. If like, a, if you put some in front of a fish, it's, it's odds are it's going to eat whatever you throw, like the bait. Uh, but like, uh, the, the hardest part is finding why those fish are in these places. And like, okay. it comes down to times a year. And like, that's what makes him so much better is like finding fish is truly like the hardest thing to do. And like, I've went out by myself uh, trying to fish like on a boat and everything and I cannot like catch fish and then I'll go out with him and like I'm catching fish all the time it's like oh this is so great yeah. but like you truly see like how how skilled that is and then I'll be on the same boat sometimes and he'll still catch like 40 fish and I'll catch like three and I don't like I just don't understand why but <laughs> same dude growing up in a fishing family that's the major difference my yeah. dad outfished everyone because he was a basically a marine biologist yeah. he knew mm-hmm. what time of day the fish were eating what depth of water because they change they're not always yeah. on the top water they're not always on bottom water uh how active they are depending on the temperature of the water it's so i mean yeah. it goes on the time of the year they're eating different things you got to realize there's they're eating nature so yeah. you throw might throw this bait during this time of the year and then throw this bait this time of the year and so it's so it's such a wild thing but what i'm really interested in is from a business standpoint how has like how has creating this production this youtube channel and all that how many more opportunities have this has this created for Brandon outside of bass fishing? I, I mean, I imagine that's got to be huge. Like most bass fishermen, like bass fishing is an expensive ass sport for anyone that doesn't know. It's like mm-hmm. you got to have money to be in bass fishing. It is a very expensive sport. And so outside of, of winning, you know, the, the trophies, winning the trophy fish and, and winning those tournaments, trophy tournaments, how has the production stuff up the the business side of the operation. Well, we always, we kind of like talk about it as more of a brand builder. Like, obviously I think there's, there's things that you can do for money and putting sponsors and stuff behind it. But like, we're still on kind of the stage of kind of understanding that we're building a brand yeah. uh, and not, not only just a fishing brand, but an outdoors brand. Like he is very um, much in the whole sphere of like the outdoors world. So the biggest thing we want to do is just, you know, show to people like this is what you can do. And he, he's very helpful and gives a lot of insight into fishing. Um, but just like he just just building his brand is the key thing for us and, and kind of showing we've started selling T-shirts. And it's like there's little things that we'll do to like help fund it. But like the truth of it is like he's he's fronted the bill on a lot of it because he believes in like mm-hmm. building that brand is more important than like the money side of it. Like he yeah. sees the great the bigger picture is like more so than just the money like and 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 his brand eventually like he's he gives a lot of value he really does to like a lot of the people he follows and like i respect him 
more than really anyone I know. Uh, he's, he's like really honorable and everything. And he's wants to help everybody. And he understands he's like a very smart business person. And that's like what's made him so successful besides just being a good fisherman. But like he knows the business side of it too. And I think like that goes along with like being a creative. You can be the biggest creative in the world, but if you don't know how to run a business, it's hard to make that sustainable. Like in the lifestyle, like it really is. And that's yeah. like, there's a, there's a art to it and you have to be kind of like a shapeshifter in a way to understand like, Hey, you, you do have to make money to make this thing happen. Mm -hmm. But your money is only the only thing that your money is used for is like to, to kind of like create this art and create this like lifestyle you want to live and create. Uh, and it's, it's, it's weird. It's interesting to see, like I've grown a lot, like learning from him uh, and like learning from you guys too. Like just how to like, it's, it's a business. Like art is a business in a sense, like you have to make money. But like that money is used to to create the things that you love, so it's really interesting uh, just to see like the kind of behind the scenes. Yeah, it's That's it's awesome. it's a relationship. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think a lot of people, the artists that dislike business, they, it's because they're not. It's like the money aspect. It's like the sellout yep. deal, but it's yep. not. It's it's a dance. You just got to realize it's like art and business is like order and chaos almost. It's like <laughs> it takes a certain level of confidence. I feel like to charge money for something that you create because you love it i think it like it takes like you being really really either really really proud of what you do or just really confident in yourself to be like i want you to pay me for this and i want you to pay me what it's worth what i think it's worth and i think a lot of times people really undervalue what they do from like a lack of confidence in themselves and they're like well i'll just do this for free or they have a weird time charging or like they never finish projects because they self-sabotage before they can like actually finish. But I think like once you go through that process enough times and learn like, okay, I have to get paid so that I can keep creating more and so that I can have a quality of life that allows the creativity to flow. And like you start learning that balance, you get better and better as you go. For sure. Let's take a quick break to shout out our sponsor for today's episode. Today's podcast is brought to you by Sony and their world-class noise-canceling headphones. The Sony WH-1000XM4 wireless noise-canceling headphones have premium sound, industry-leading noise-canceling, and smart listening technology. We love them. We use them. Be sure to check them out at Sony.com. Now, welcome back. Kyle. On that last on that last question, hmm. where I wanted to take it was, you know, I, I think there's this this YouTube is like it's still growing. Like social media is still growing. It's not it hasn't even reached and the reason I say it's still growing is because you have a lot of people coming into it that weren't in the space. You have like celebrities, like for example, you have football players that are like got injured and no now out of the league, but now they have like YouTube channels. It's like the new it's like when celebrities back in the day, when they kind of got, when their career and whatever their thing was kind of started tapering down, they'd end up on like MTV or like mm -hmm. on some, some, one of these shows, YouTube's now that thing. And so I'm curious on what you think the opportunity is for creators that can basically team up in a situation like you and Brandon have to where it's like, Hey, you know, maybe you're shooting a vlog for a pro NBA player when, and he starts a vlog about his lifestyle and you're his go-to video guy. And, you know, I think there's a huge opportunity for creatives to, to, to put pitches together and try to connect and build relationships and move into that space. But I don't really hear a lot of people talking about that angle. 
A hundred percent. I, I honestly agree. I think there's a huge, um, opportunity for anybody that shoots video, shoots photo, uh, to bring value to those people, because obviously a lot of times those people don't have, aren't well versed with like video per se. So they're going to reach out to somebody and say, or, or wait till someone reaches out to them and say, Hey, like, mm-hmm. I'd love to shoot your, you, you know, your YouTube series. Like if you're a pro football player, if you're, you know, you retired or anybody, like if you're a musician, uh, any time a performer, uh, like you see, like Will Smith has a vlog now, like yeah. there's so many people that are like starting to do this because they can control the narrative and it builds their brand, their personal yeah. brand, but also like they, it gives you the freedom for a lot of things too. But like, I, if, like the one piece of advice I would say to people is like, there is no, there is no downside to asking. So right. like to send, mm-hmm. to send that email, I mean, you might have to send 50 emails before you ever hear a you know, a reply. But like, the truth is, is like, there's so much opportunity out there. There's going to be somebody that wants your skill. Like Mm -hmm. somebody out there is going to want to use what you have and work with you. And it it doesn't matter how many times you reach out to them. You might have to reach out 50 times. They might actually get to you on the first time, but it's one of those deals. Like there's so much opportunity for a videographer, for photographers um, to actually reach out and actually collaborate with those people because you bring a value to them that is beyond a lot more than they can even imagine or you can even imagine right and the the time is right now too like do my mind is is firing right now but we're in a decentralized period in time and entertainment you used to always go to the studio and everything was done through a major production company a studio and then everything went on television people like artists because of the attention is no longer on tv and the people that these celebrities and these entertainers and these and these uh, musicians and these people want to reach they're all young and they're on social media and they're on youtube yeah. and they're guys like will smith are realizing i don't have to do all of this extra stuff like all i need is a video guy and i can go do my own thing i can make will smith money have fun because i'm creative and i'm not at the, the the helm of some some production company and so i think there's huge opportunity in the space for talented creators to to, to bridge and i think that goes into like the collaboration deal, you know, creators being able to connect and build relationships and collaborate with uh, personalities and broadcasters and things like that and helping produce shows, even even learning the skill of scripting and writing, like pitching, you know, don't just say, hey, I can shoot your stuff. Like, here's some ideas. Like, yeah. you're a really fascinating guy, DJ. I love your music. You have a cool personality. I have three ideas for some awesome shows that I think would be really great for your brand. Yeah. You'd probably be pretty excited about that type yeah. of debt coming your way, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I think too, like as in pitching with stuff like that. I think putting stuff together to where you can show, like you can talk about what you do a lot, but I think when you can actually show instead of tell and just be like, "Here's what I can offer you," or "Here's what I've done for another person," or whatever, it's like show people what you're gonna do for them, really make them like envision it. And it's like, it's an easy sell, especially right now. Like, yeah. And I think for, if you don't have a relationship, you definitely have to show. And even if you do have a relationship, when you're around creative people, like, and when you, like, even if you have money or you're a celebrity or a musician, you probably, like, you're probably around people that are feeding lots of ideas anyways. And you just kind of get tired of hearing people's ideas. Yeah. You're just like, show me people people that can make moves want to see things, yep. you know, don't show, don't tell me about what you can do. Just show me, yep. send me something. Yep. Uh, and so I think that's a really, a really great way to, to get your foot in the door. 
because you didn't start it when you were no. super young. Yeah. You'd like recently started yeah, it in the like last Kyle, like five, five and a half years. years. Yeah. Kyle came and shot with us and turned up. Like I remember the first from the first video oh, you God, did to, to the last. It was like night and day. Dude, bro. honestly, like, I was so amazed you guys like brought me on. Like I, it was literally my first like paying gig bro, besides like weddings. Like where I was like, I get to do this every day. <laughs> And it's I get to hang you out. You were obsessed with it. That's the reason you, dude. bro. You were and, so and I remember when you asked me like, shooting. "Hey, how much do you need a weekly?" And I was like, "Dude, like I would do this for free." Like <laughs> I was like, "Bro, <laughs> like you're gonna pay me?" <laughs> like I would like legit was like I was like so amazed and like it was cool. I got to do like I became really good friends with you and Trav and Garrett. But like the the craziest part was just like the like. I was I was getting paid to do something that I really didn't know a lot about, but like it was almost like that fake it to the make it till you make it kind of yeah. deal. It's like somebody believes in me, like holy shit. Well, you like, took full advantage so cool. of it though. Hundred people like you, like those are the people that succeed. The people that are like not like oh you know I need X, like I'll do this for free. Like I love this. I'm trying to just grow and and you sent it like yeah. 100. You were constantly shooting, constantly editing. You never complained. You were always asking questions. You always watched your own YouTube videos and stuff. Like you did all the right things. And like now look where you're at. But I feel like too, like, and you know, too, like, it's like that you can't, you can never lose that. Like you'll yeah. never lose that. Yeah. Like you can't ever get too fancy for yourself because like you have to grow every, like, or you become a dinosaur. Like, nice. you know, like guys, like you have to evolve, like you have to become better and better mm-hmm. or you're, you're just going to become stagnant and like, it'll get boring to you. Like yeah. if I was to create the same videos I was doing five, you know, two years ago, I'd be, I'd be bored. You well, know? that's, that's the game. I think that's why I love like entrepreneurship. It's like the game is being able, it's like, it's not about making money. Like you get to a point where it's like, that doesn't. When you really find happiness, you realize like money doesn't mean anything. It doesn't drive anything. It's more or less the the game of can I do this? Can we execute this? Can we help more people? Can mm. we provide more resources? Can we touch more people? Can we go bigger? Can we yeah. what can we do? What is capable we hear? Like what how can we re envision things? And I think that's the same thing with, with creativity. Yeah. yeah. But also I would say Kyle is very diligent and driven when it comes to all of this stuff. So it's easy for people to be like, Oh, I want to be like Kyle one day. I want to, and it's like, that takes work. Yeah. But like the truth, but like the truth of it too, is like, it's like a double-edged sword. I think sometimes too, it's like when, and not saying I'm like, I'm insanely ambitious, but like anybody that is ambitious, like you're almost harder on yourself than anything else. Because like you, you feel like you're never there. Like the goalpost always moves. And that's where you like, that's where I'm even now. And like, I don't know how you guys are with it, but like, I'm trying to be more like content in the moment I'm in too. Like, and appreciate that. And like being yeah. super and like, like just leading with like gratitude and being like super like stoked that I'm like able to do this. Like, you know what I mean? Like granted, like I want to do bigger things, but like, I'm super appreciative of having the chance to just do it right now. To like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. I could be in a very different place. Like, so just, it's just interesting. Like, I, like it's so the creative world like is such more a mind thing than it is anything else. I feel like totally, yeah. it's all about perspective. We were just talking about that the other day, because it's easy to think, oh, like when I get to that passion project or when mm-hmm. I finally get to this thing, then I'll be, then yeah. I'll be happy or feel fulfilled. But if you were to just look at what's right in front of you and not like, oh, I just have to get through this so I can get on to the next thing. If you could look at it as an opportunity, like I get to like get sold on the mission. I get to work on this project. I get to change the minds and show viewers something that could change their heart. And so 
to get excited about what's on your plate currently just allows you to get through it faster and grow in that sense. 100%. 100%. Something you said kind of resonated with me earlier about not being too fancy or like too good for things or like just I think that keeping that attitude even as you get onto bigger and bigger projects and just being like we'll do whatever it takes to get something done. I think a lot of people lose that or they start off like not in that mindset and they're like pitching pitching things or they're trying to be fancy like before they've proven value. Yeah. And I heard I heard a story about uh, something similar to that this week where someone was pitching like a video like thing. I'm going to be super vague about it because <laughs> yeah, but they were pitching a video thing. <laughs> they're probably listening. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, they were pitching a video thing to like a small startup and the pricing was like astronomical. Like it would be like more than like what we would do for like a big major global brand, like pricing wise. And like, there's just like an imbalance there. Cause like, how do you, number one, how do you expect them to ever be able to pay that? Yes. There's value in content, but it's not like a <laughs> That's direct... like being tone deaf, bro. That's yeah. like, <laughs> it's like the... when you, when you come into a room and you're playing music, you yeah. like, you read the room. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Oh, COVID. And by the way, I just bought my fiance a billion dollar diamond ring. Yeah. It's like, dude, are you like, hello? <laughs> yeah. It's like someone gives you the aux cord and you're like, I'm going to play my get sad playlist right there <laughs> at this party. No, but like I, I heard that and I was like, I understand because yes, I see the value. Like, of course I see the value in content and content creation, but you also need to read the room, read the client and look at who you're working for and understand that sometimes you have to prove that value first. And like, even I'm sure like with, with what you're doing with Brandon, it's like, it might not have started off as this like big, huge thing. And maybe you had to like scale into it, but like, sometimes you do have to prove that value and, and that's okay. Like you shouldn't be offended when somebody doesn't see the value right away, but I think it takes that confidence. And I know you have that to be like, yes, you might not see it right now, but we're going to get there. We're going to work our way to this and then you'll see it. And then I can expect that. And so it's kind of this like back and forth with your client as you're as you're working through it but did that start did it start off with like a bigger partnership with you guys or how did it like work its way to where it is now no i think like the biggest thing like kind of like going on what you said too is like i always believe that you should under promise and over provide and like like to show like i know what we're doing is bigger than just like what i'm getting paid because like i truly like i value like the the experience of it more than I do the money. Like I I really think I'm gaining a lot of value just from like being able to shoot and make connections with some other brands. And like he, he helps me out in a lot of ways more, more so than just money. But like, like it always comes down to like, just kind of getting gritty. Like you like to do anything, like to become good at anything, you have to kind of like provide more than what people expect from you. Yeah. Uh, And that might like, like you said, like pitching a big brand, if you're going to, or pitching a brand that, you know, you know, their budget isn't huge, but you, you truly just want to shoot that video or you want to help them some way. And you might not win. You might actually lose a little bit of money, but like, if you are providing enough value to them, they're going to see, it's going to, you're going to build that relationship. You're going to build that relationship with a brand and they're going to be like, all right, this guy wants to go to bat for us. Like yeah. Brandon, like per se, like his brand BMP fishing, like I'm, I'm go. I would go to bat for that brand. Yeah, you're so, like I would yeah. go to bat for that brand all day because I believe in what he's doing. And like, 
you believe in the mission. I think that goes with like clients when you're talking to clients and you truly believe that brand that you're shooting for and believe in it and it's good product. You like that building that relationship, you would, you would be better off to lose some money and build that relationship than to make a lot of money and ruin it. I want to touch base real quick on what you guys were just talking about with the pricing and the the dance and the communication so a lot of i've seen so many creatives and, and fr- personal friends get really upset because people don't see the value so a perfect example is someone p- pitching a startup an astronomical price for some content that they don't see the value in and i've had friends get upset with uh, their bosses or companies because they don't see the value in what it is that they do and they lash out instead of communicating and it's like hey and, and I, I've noticed that with creative types, they, they aren't the best communicators sometimes. And so it's like instead of lashing out that, you know, you don't understand the value in content or you don't understand the value in this. And that's why it's just like your job is to educate the yeah. client. So your job is to start out working with the client. Don't pitch them on some million dollars, some crazy video. Just start. You got to meet them where they're at. So you meet them and that's that's client relations. Yeah. So that's a different thing. You have to, you know, you're running a business, so you have to do the client relations. You meet them where they're at, and then you educate them on why the content that you're creating is is value, and you show them through building that relationship, and you constantly communicate and reiterate and hit home what I'm doing for you is valuable. You see how this is changing. You see how your sales are going up. You see how people are responding different to your brand. Yes, yes, you're getting confirmation on that, and now you guys are on the same page, and your pricing keeps going up, and they're shaking their head with you the whole time as you're building this relationship. Yeah. And so I think communication is really a, a, a big one for creatives. It's okay. Don't get upset if someone doesn't want to pay you what you think you're worth. You just have to understand either A, it's not worth your time, so don't work with them. Or if you do think it could build something bigger, then you, you gotta you gotta communicate and educate and, and work your way up. Yeah. And if they if they are saying no, like either A, the value is just not there. Like what you're like there's times where the val- the value literally is not there for them. It doesn't make sense for someone to for a smaller brand to pay for a $15,000 video. Like it just doesn't make sense. And so maybe you figure out you you add other tools to your to your tool set. Maybe you're like, "Okay, well we can do a photo package here. Maybe we split this 15k up over 3 months and we do photo things and micro content and whatever." But if your only tool is that $15,000 video, if your only tool is a hammer, every problem is going to look like a nail. And like, <laughs> and if that's all you're pitching is that video, like, I think that's, I see a lot of creators, they like fixate on that one thing. And they're just yeah. like, cool, we have to do this because this is what I can do. We have to do the video in this style because this is what I can do. And like, some people just don't need a website and they just don't need an explainer video. They might need other things, but you have to think outside the box and not fixate on like, this is the one thing that you can provide start building out your skill set so you can provide more value because then you can be like okay well i can write copy i can shoot photos i can script shoot edit video so that already makes you more valuable to a brand and and i think you can restructure the deals too like there's there's a thing in business we call skin in the game and we don't like to do deals with people that don't have skin in the game so if you're going to come to me and you're going to tell me prince you know i want to shoot this video for you it's going to be a hundred thousand dollars you got nothing to lose. I have everything to lose. You know, I could pay you a hundred thousand dollars and you could make me the worst video ever. And you know, and I, I miss out. But if you came to me and said, Hey, I'm going to give you a hundred thousand dollar video for 
$30,000 and this video is going to increase your sales and I'll prove it and I'll take, you know, as the sales increase, I'll take 10% or 20% of sales up until we get to that $100,000 mark. And I, and then guess what? Going into that next, that next, uh, that next movement, that next deal, I'm going to be a lot more open to hearing, you know, let's just use you DJ as an example. I want to be a lot more open to connecting with you on a hundred thousand dollar video than just doing that off the bat. So like there are unique ways. And if you really are good at what you do, then put your money where your mouth is, yep. you know, rather than, uh, trying to get all that money up front. And, th and that's how business people think. So if you're connecting with the business person, you're going to have much better results in negotiating than just trying to get someone to write you a check for a hundred thousand dollars. Yep. Uh, relationships. What was the specific on that? So the question was just how do, because there's a lot of relationships that we've built just as AOV where it doesn't start off with like, let's say like a yearly contract or like a deal. There's not always like a deal on the table. How do we, how does our visuals build relationships with clients? Cause we have, we have some bigger clients and I don't know if you want to drop any like client names on here. <laughs> Name drop bro. Yeah. <laughs> but like, how do we build relationships with brands? Um, I want to do another episode on this during okay. the series, so I won't go too in depth, but basically I build relationships with brands the same way I build relationships with people in my life. I date, like I date first. I don't, I don't, I'm in no rush to, to give anyone a rock. We, you know, we meet, we go on a few dates, we build the relationship and those dates could be a number of things. They could be small projects, small one-off projects. They could be, and, and by the way, you only date if you see dating turning into a long-term relationship. Like you don't just like date anyone because if you date anyone, you're really wasting your time and it doesn't build towards anything. And yeah. so you want to be putting your energy into relationships that you believe have a future. So I'm only dating brands that I believe could turn into, you know, long-term compounding relationships over time. And so that dating may look like a community event it could be having them on my podcast it could be it could be a, a matter of meetings with them you know there's been brands where i've met with them three four five eight you know times before we really like you know what like this is good like we, we're building trust and rapport each each date we're communicating more um a lot of times it happens in person you know, meeting people at events. When I first, I'll take it back to when I really first turned the agency side of Art of Visuals on. I used to go to CES every year. And you, Kyle, you went with me one year. You see me, you see me handle CES. Yeah. You know, it's uh, Prince flourishes. He's like, he's like so in his element in those, like, because he's got like, you're, you're such a, you're not shy. Like, you know what I mean? So like going and talking to someone like me, I'm like, I'm naturally an introvert. I honestly feel like you're an extrovert in a way, especially there because you're so excited to talk to people and you're like energy so contagious there. But like yeah. just seeing you at CES that time was just like, I saw a whole nother Prince, like in a good way though. Like it's such yeah. a, such a, like, I don't know, you're, you're willing to talk to every brand and want to help them out. True. Like yeah. truly do. Yeah. Right. Which is interesting. When everyone's but. so drained, they're just like dragging their feet, <laughs> walking around the trade show and Prince is just like light as a feather, huge yeah. smile on his face. Uh. <laughs> Trade shows are where but, most people's dreams go to die. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> everybody just waiting until like, they can leave. And they're like, yeah. all right, My dreams are born in the trade show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Tra so, taking it back, like, CES was really, like, that was the place where I built a lot of relationships. And 
I did that through talking with a lot of people. I gave a lot of value at first up front. And, you know, a, a simple way I did that at CES was, you know, talking with brands and I'd, and I'd get the CEO. I'd always make sure I get, make sure you get a key stakeholder. You want to be dealing with the person. But I'd get like a key stakeholder and I'd be like, hey, you know, tell me about your new product. And I'll, you know, I'll toss it up on AOV and you can let the community, you know, do an IG story or whatever it may be. As long as it's a rad product and it's something that makes sense. Like Sony, for example, just dropped a new drone. If I wasn't already working with Sony and I was at CES and they dropped that drone, I would want to be finding someone that's higher up in Sony, a marketing director or something like that. I'd be like, hey, what's up, Prince with Artivisuals? I'd love for you to talk to our creative community about the drone or whatever it may be. As a cre- content creator, you could shoot something. You could film them. You could you could walk around their booth and shoot a sick video and turn around and send it to them after the show. There's so many ways to add value, but like that's a great way to start. You got to realize a lot of these people, they don't need anything from you. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> it really helps when you, when you show up and, and, and you, you take the initiative to add some type of value to build that relationship. Understand that, you know, emails are great, but ideally you want to get people on the phone. You know, a lot of times people are afraid to talk to people, yeah. you know, creatives want to stay in the email. <laughs> you have to speak on the phone. It's not real until you get on the phone. I can promise you you're not building yeah. any type of relationship if you're not talking with these people and even better, if you can FaceTime them, I used to FaceTime a lot of our clients in the beginning because it really helped to, to build that rapport. I wanted them to see me. I wanted them to be comfortable with me. I wanted to see them. I want to be comfortable. I want to know who I'm dealing with. I want to make sure the people that I'm dealing with are good people. And I need to be able to see that and feel that when I can see them and I can read their body language, I can really get a feel on who we are dealing with and knowing that, hey, we're in, this is a good thing. Like we're not in, you know, we're not working with weird or odd people. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, like get, being excited about people's brands, like you, you mentioned something about that. I feel like we bring an excitement to brands where it's like they may have been working in this company for a long time and maybe they're tired, like, or maybe like things are not always easy when you're working internally for a brand. And so just being able to be really excited to be like, hey, we're going to champion your brand. I think that means a lot to a lot of people. And I think like from the creator side, approaching brands, like bring that excitement, find out like, how do you get excited about the thing that you're doing? How do you stay passionate about whatever you're making? A lot of people are like, it's like a burnout person talking to another burnout person. And they're like, Hey, I want to make this video for you. Blah, blah, blah. It's going to cost this much. And then the brand's like, it's a semi blowout. Everyone is just like, not quite passionate about it. But if you just come like lit about the project, about shooting it whatever you're like i'm super excited like i'm gonna do whatever it takes to make this cool because i love your product because i actually use your product like i care about your product then people are like whoa that's the truth but i think even more than like the product it's like being internally lit like lit in your own product that's what sells it when people see when people see how fired up you are about what you do it's like that's the guy I want to work with. Like if yeah. I'm going to be paying someone to make videos yeah. or to do marketing or to come up with campaigns, it's like, it's that guy. Yeah. Like that dude, yeah. like it's not the dude that walked up and was like, Hey, you know, my name's George. I own a creative agency and we specialize in, in shooting videos for uh, B2B uh, electronics companies that are looking to reach uh, purple creators. You know, yeah. uh, it's the freaking, <laughs> <laughs> 
they want to work they, with the guy who's drinking his own Kool-Aid. Yeah, they want to they want to work with the guy that's like is so freaking lit on yes, his. Like, obviously, yes. your work's got to be good. Like, yeah, don't yeah. get it twisted. Like, you can't I just think be that goes lit. without saying. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> just lit. You and never just know. Terrible. People, but honestly, though, honestly, the key to being lit. High vibrational. High vibrational. <laughs> You knew it was I'm glad. I'm glad you called him on that when he said that. I listened to the podcast and I was like, "What is he talking about? High vibrational foods?" I like wanted to Google. If I wasn't driving, I would have Googled because I was like, "What do I Google. eat? Like, do I eat high vibrational foods? Medium vibrational? Is there is there a Google for Bro. or what is what is there some kind of tester that you can? I'm like, assuming stick in it's your like almond um, vibration. Yep, yep, I got some test, high vibration. Test. Will you Google high vibrational foods? But I legit when I was in Fred Meyer, I was thinking about it yesterday. Like yesterday, I was like looking. I'm like, it's like listening. I was like, hmm, high-vibrational foods. Like, what would Prince get here? If it's in a box, <laughs> if it's in a box or salad, a bag, it's probably not high-vibrational. Even like a box or like a salad? A salad. Like those little, dude, the like little kale salads? It depends. That's got to have at least like some Not all salads are good. Yeah, it's got some vibrations. I'm with you on the sugar, though. Like, yeah. I'm like a, I'm a sugar, <laughs> low-vibrational sugar fan. Yeah. <laughs> I just love Chick-fil-A. Um, <laughs> yeah. When you're truly stoked about what you were doing too and what you can bring to the table, they can sense that. Like yeah. brands sense that. When you walk up and you're stoked about their product and you're you're stoked about what you can create for them, like that's just a they there's a natural feeling where they're like, all right, like I will go with this. Like it's mm-hmm. and they, they want to work are, with people they like. Yeah, and they so want if that, your that energy's whole good, experience. Yeah. yeah, if your energy's good, you're fun to work with. Kyle, you're fun to work with. DJ Vieira, you're fun to work with. There's people, we've all have had people that were just like not fun to work with. And you're just like, cool, like yeah. you would never hire that guy. Yeah. Ever. And brands, you're crazy to think that brands don't have that experience where they're just like, oh my gosh, remind us to never hire that agency yeah. ever again. I think people would rather hire someone that's good and that they like than someone that's great and is like not an enjoyable person to be around. 100%. Because people's energy affects the way you feel and yeah. it has a and, and it has a bigger fallout it, it can change your entire day yeah. you know well even even like kind of touching on that too is like weddings like shooting weddings like mm-hmm. you as as the couple they want a great experience during their day and they would r- way rather work with somebody who maybe has slightly less of a the the work isn't quite as much there but have a great personality and they're fun to work with and they're having a blast and there's just a good vibe between them rather than somebody that can, and I've worked with like wedding photographers that are kind of like stiff and aren't as excited about it. And it's contagious. Like it, that transfers over to their photos too. And it's Mm -hmm. very stiff and they're not who they are. Like it's, it's who it is. And so like, if you come at it and you're excited, their brand's going to be as true to that brand as they can be. Like just because it's, it's a natural thing. It just happens. So V, how do you build relationships because I feel like you're such a good relationship person, too. So Vieira does a lot of forward-facing stuff here, Art of Visuals, because... And th- the reality is relationship people, it's not a... Like, it's not like some skill you learn. It's it's like mattering. It's like how mattering is the new marketing. Relationship people are good at relationships because they actually care. Like, they're just good people that care about people. And He's lying. I actually do not care and, about our and, clients and, at all. And, <laughs> And therefore, they exceed with people. So, like, Vieira is, like, one of those people who just genuinely loves people and does really well with people. I imagine I've never been on one of the... I know you do wedding shoots from time to time. I've never been on one of your wedding shoots. But, like, how do you connect and build those relationships with your clients? 
I'll go weddings first, and then I want to talk about clients. I actually do love you, clients. <laughs> that was a joke. I'm also sarcastic. Not my best quality. Um, no, it so, is. I think it's the best. <laughs> Top three for sure. <laughs> so for weddings, I actually, it started off as just, you know, I asked to film somebody's wedding, and then it quickly turned into friend of a friend, friend of a friend. Um, so I'm, I never really go out to find it. It just has found me, which has been great. Um, but on the day of... I find that just to be that peace in those moments. So I could be running around scrambling, trying to get a certain shot, but that's not important on that day. It's all about the love between those two. And so if I can help steam a dress or, you know, like calm the bride down before they're about to do the first look, those are the moments that brides and grooms will come back to me and be like, thank you so much for just being peace in that, in that chaotic moment. Um, and then it translates over to the video, too, because I get sold on the couple. Even couples that I didn't know very well, I'm, like, crying through the editing process. <laughs> and I actually was just talking to um, someone at another wedding, and he was saying that every time my dad meets someone or they come over to his house, he shows them your wedding video. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, that to me is the biggest compliment because the heart gets across. It's maybe not the most cinematic thing, but it's about capturing certain moments, even if the camera shakes, you know. Sorry, that was a rant. But relationship building for clients, um, I just wanted to bring up, did we talk about this on the last episode? I don't think we talked about relationship. Okay, so we, at the end of the year, we were like, let's put something together for the clients. And we wrote handwritten letters and, you know, put together like a goodie box. And it wasn't for like, I think people expect when they receive something like, oh, we'll get on the call and let's do, let's talk about 2021. For us, it was all about, we genuinely love working with these people and we wanted to, to show them through a gift and through words that uplifted them. And we got so many responses back that were just dumbstruck at the fact that you guys would each write a note to us individually means so much. And that just made me super stoked because it's like the world is losing its thoughtfulness. If we're not careful, yeah, we can mm-hmm. just think about meetings and emails and money. But it's like that's For not sure. what it's about. At the end of the day, I care about Cheryl and that her son. I know he hiked the sawtooths because we were on the phone <laughs> and she was yeah. telling me about it. And so I, I feel like I'm in on her life a little bit. Right. And so when I write, you know those letters it's like i'm thinking about her son and her and the holidays i hope they had great you know anyways i think that goes back to what we were talking about last episode too is intention yeah and so you know if our intention wasn't pure like you can you can tell people's intentions by gifts like we've all gotten gifts to where you just like get a box in the mail and it's just like happy christmas merry christmas or happy birthday and you're like cool thanks and and not to say it's i mean Thanks, but it's it's not the same thing, you know, as when you, when someone genuinely cares. And for us, like, we see our clients as family. So you talk about relationships. Like, the reason you want to play long-term games with long-term people, and you should only you should only initiate, you know, business with people that you see yourself doing long-term things with, is because over time, like, this relationship becomes so tight, and it, it really is family. It's like your extended family and and you're willing to 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 work like you work better together your communication is amazing you're willing to 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 take the you want to take the extra inch and mile Mm -hmm. to make sure that they succeed because like this is more than a this isn't a transaction like you don't want to be doing transactional business transactional business is where the soul goes to die yes transactional business is not where it's at so you want to be 
back to heart. Yeah. You know, you want to put heart into what you do. You want to have heart in your business. You want to have heart in your relationships and it'll make you sleep better at night. You'll yeah. enjoy your work so much more working with the awesome people that you love and care about than just like helping the, the, the salon down the street, shoot this quick video. Like it's just not, <laughs> when it's it can, not the same. When it can become more than just like a paycheck. I think mm. that's when you really start to like operate in a flow. Cause it really like to what you were saying, V, it doesn't take a lot of effort to actually care and like you can feel that and and i think clients especially who work in bigger like companies or like people who work internally they don't always get to pick who they work with like we have a client one time where we're like hey how's your monday going and he's just like i wish somebody would just punch me in the face and like we got a good laugh out of that because we're like man if we came into the office and felt like that like i would just have to move on like I really would, and I'm sorry, guys, but if I want somebody to punch me in the face to, like, deal with Monday, like, I'm probably not operating, in, not, and not for that person. It's just, like, you can't always pick who you're going to be around, so if you can be the person who is bringing that caring and is bringing that, like, effort into the relationships, it makes a big difference because you're around a bunch of people that make you want to get punched in the face, but then someone's like, hey, I care about your brand. I want to champion what you're doing. How do we make you look like a rock star? inside of your organization mm -hmm. that makes a difference to those people and i think they don't they don't forget that no it makes a huge difference and, and for him specifically like we made his day yeah. oftentimes he would tell us like you guys are the best part of the week is like meeting with you guys and that's that's awesome you know it, 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 it's it's important i think to you want to be the light in people's days yeah whether that's your clients your friends like you want to be the high vibrational person. You want to be the person that people want to be around. High vibes. Let's go. Keep them high. No, but going back, going back to kind of like a little bit of what you guys are saying about relationships too, is like, I don't like, like V was saying, you can't fake genuine. Like you, yeah. you just can't. And it comes down to like, our intuition tells us like, if something's fake, like if something comes off fake, like we get little, like little alerts, like, Hey, like that conversation, like we've all had those conversations. Unfortunately, is like, we're just like, it, it, nothing there was real. Yeah. And like, you leave that conversation, like you kind of like, it's like when you go to the bar and you have a conversation, you're like, not, none of us really, like it was transactional. There was no yeah. intention to it. Like we didn't care about like each other. It was just like, Hey, how's your day going? Like, Oh, sweet. Like my grade is great too. And then Love you just leave. Shirt, yeah. Like bro. sweet. And you're like, <laughs> you're like both trying to leave the conversation as fast as you can. And like, yeah. you don't want to be that guy with the client. No. You, or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't want to be that guy or girl with a client because like, it just comes off as like, it just not good. It's not good business. And like, like with weddings and stuff, you come in and you you make their experience better, uh, and and it just makes that entire day better. And they they're gonna tell their friends like, hey, we had a blast. Not only did we get a great product, but the experience was you know doubled it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it it exponentially made that experience better. This is a big one. So a key to building relationships is to be yourself. I know that seems like common sense, but you'd be surprised for especially for young entrepreneurs. And I know because I've been there. I remember. I would like meet, it's like, it's scary. You're in the, okay, let's just say you're 26 years old and you're talking with like some high up dude at some freaking fortune 50, fortune 100 company. You're going to speak a certain way. <clears throat> Good morning. Thank you guys. We're happy to be meeting with you today. So today I wanted to chat with you guys. You might even be freaking reading like some pre-made yeah. doc that you typed up yeah. and you sound like a robot it's it's completely ridiculous and i and i know it feels like a lot of times it feels like you want to be professional and you want to be real professional 
you have to build your brand and your brand is you. And what makes you special is your personality. So you have to put your sauce on it. So you can in be a smart. respectful way. Yeah, you you yeah. can still be respectful and honoring to those people. Absolutely. And be yourself. Yeah. yeah. You can still be professional and be your, without being dry and yeah. But and, it comes down to being secure too. Like, you know what I mean? Like when when you go up to these people and you're you're a 26 year old and you're talking to like a CEO of this big company, scared, bro. you, you want to like you want to validate yourself so that you can feel credible like to them. But like in the truth of it is, is like if you're coming off and like giving them this pitch that just feels completely fake, they're not going to want to work with you either. Mm-hmm. Like you got to be completely genuine to a point of where you have to be vulnerable. Like you just have like. Flaws and all of this is what you're getting. Like I'm, I'm goofy. I laugh a lot. Like I like <laughs> to have fun. Like, but like yeah. the truth of it is, I'm professional too. Like I know when to work. Mm-hmm. I know how to make a video. I know, but like there's times you're gonna get like goofy me. Like in the same with you guys. Like mm-hmm. it's a personality of your company. Like you guys care. You're genuine. Like you actually give a shit. shit. Yeah. Like I don't know if I could. <laughs> yeah. You can uh, about your clients and that's important like that's the experience they're going to have like when they work with you they're going to get this whole experience where v's going to care about what your son's doing hiking in the sawtooth like you know what i mean yeah. like that that goes way further than business yeah. if uh was it shannon Sh- cheryl cheryl that was I made, a it was a made-up name okay. shout out okay. cindy it's actually cindy okay <laughs> but it's like one of those things like if she moves on to another company she's going to say hey I remember AOV. I mean, we working with V. Like that experience was way more wholesome than I could with anybody else. I'm reaching out. Like, mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't like that. The fruit of the late, the fruit doesn't show up till later sometimes. But you have to trust that process of being genuine. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're going to lose business because just the budget isn't there. But like, as long as you end those relationships and not end, but like you keep the doors open. Keep the door open. Say, hey, mm-hmm. I totally understand. It's a crazy time. Coronavirus is crazy. If you need me ever. Don't hesitate to reach back because I would love to work with you. Like, I want to help you. I believe in you. So, like, that's just that process of ending with the doors open. Well, you create your own network effect. Like, you yeah. become, like, you have a network effect. The more people you can touch, whether the, whether you're still working with them or not working with them, as long as you leave on on, on good terms and, yeah. and everything's there, you'd be surprised when two years later, so-and-so recommends you to some company and all of a sudden you're getting a gig. And I've had things like that. I've yeah. had things where it's like, Nothing, nothing, nothing. Then all of a sudden, it's like, holy cow! Like someone's been talking you who, up behind who closed doors. Who would have? Yeah. Who would have thought that would have come from this place yeah. from three, mm-hmm. four, five years ago? Yeah. Um, and so that brand, and, and, and I guess in branding terms, you would call those touch points. Yeah. You know, so anytime you're touching someone, you just want to like be yourself and 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 be, bring your best self. You know, no matter what you're going through, you may be going through a bad time, bad day, whatever it may be. But if you're going to go be with someone, if you're going to hit a touch point where your brand is interfacing with another person on the outside, bring your A game. Yeah. Bring yeah. your best self. Go freaking get right. Whatever you got to do, go ride the bike, go jumping jacks, whatever breath you got to Yeah, whatever breath work. Yeah. Whatever you got to do to like get in that zone, bring your best self because it matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to know what makes you tick and what helps you get in that zone too because yeah. I know like for us, like like Prince and I, there's been times where we're like about to go on stage or about to do stuff. And it's like, you kind of have to, you have to know yourself enough to be like, what do I need to do to reset, to bring my best to these people? And again, it all stems from actually caring, actually giving a shit. Cause it's like, I have a message to communicate to these people and that message is going to help them in some way. 
And so how do I bring it the best way possible? And same thing with like a brand. It's like, if you actually care, it's like, we're going to do this, whatever branding project for this company. How do we do it the best way possible? Because we care about it so much. We want them to be able to take it and run with that torch and actually succeed. So like, how do we hand it off to them in the best way possible? And maybe at the end of a relationship, it's like, like you've done the work for them and there's nothing more and, and it is what it is. And it's like, how do you leave that relationship in a way that shows them that, that you actually care? I think how you end things is every bit as important as how you start them. But like our intention, I feel like is always like they need to be better off than when we first connected with them. Mm-hmm. Always Next. leave relationships, leave people, leave things, leave clients better than you found them. And you'll be set up later on. It's even like Vieira. I was working with Vieira when Vieira was at Proof Eyewear. And then we stopped working together and it, and obviously left a good enough impression to... Obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> here I am. <laughs> obviously. <she's... laughs> and here she is. Like, you know what I mean? And so that's... You just never... you. And I trust me, back then when I was working with Proof Eyewear, I would have never in a million years thought like, oh yeah, Vieira's definitely going to be working with me, you know, two years, three years from now for sure. Mm-hmm. Never would have thought that, you know? And so... Uh, it's interesting. Well, and I think just like practicing that in your normal life. Yeah. Because if you're treating a client a certain way or a potential like company you're going to work with, chances are you're kind of treating your friends and family, your close circle Mm -hmm. the same way too. So if you can practice where you're at and just make sure, like when you're talking about transactional, like being at a bar and talking with people and it's just like quick, you're almost like, let me get out of this conversation so I can go do the next thing. If you can be present in in each of those moments where I just want to connect with this person, see how their heart is. Not just talk to them about random stuff and the weather, but how are they doing? Where are they at? You know, and not worry so much about the next thing. And I think by practicing that in our everyday lives, it just seeps into everything else. 100%. Uh, What are you shooting on these days? I just... What's your setup? Are you talking to me? Yeah. (laughs) I... I just got the Sony a7S III, and it is absolutely insane. Like, I'm blown away. Like, the 4K 120 is insane. Uh, Best all-around camera I've ever used, Uh, and I'm really stoked. I still haven't, like, been able to dive into, like, everything on it, but for what I do, it is a game-changer. And I'm, like, about to drop way too much money on lenses uh, for myself, but it's just, like, one of those things where it's, like, it just helps me create what I, it's a, it's a business, it's a business thing. Like you, you're making money on it, but like I, like the camera's insane. Uh, and I'm blown away with how, the how's the, how's the editing been? Cause we shot something on it and it like bricked the computer. The secret is well, it bricked Casey's computer, yeah. Yeah. our computer. We got the MSI desktop in the back and that thing was chill. Unless you have like a $15,000, $20,000 computer, uh, do not edit, and I repeat, do not edit with 422 codec. Gotcha. Go 420. Okay. And your editing process, the like the 4K 120 at 422, and this might sound like foreign language, but it is literally like impossible to edit. Okay. I did proxies. Yeah. I uh, exported. It. Like I literally went so yeah. far to try to edit that and make it work. It's been so difficult, but 420 uh, is the perfect codec. No computer gotcha. is really able to okay. edit. So this is how crazy I got. Yeah. I did proxies and then it was so difficult. I just put it all in a sequence together and exported it, it yeah. exported it one thing and then just cut it, like cut it separately. You made a proxy of the proxy. I proxied the proxy. Yeah. Good. 
It's brilliant. Done that. Done that. Yeah. Should we make Brutal. a t-shirt? We should make a heart, we should make a heart division shirt called Proxy Boys. Proxy Boys. Proxy Gang. <laughs> Proxy. Only Sony. Only Sony A7S3 users will get it. Oh, man. No, that's a good hack though. Because no. like you really, I mean, if you're shooting like a massive like full scale thing, maybe yeah. you need that 422. I had 400 gigs of 422, Ooh. and I. Goodness. thought i was like when i like because i was like yeah i'm gonna shoot in 4k 120 like i yeah, just got this camera it it's great like yeah. i'm gonna crush it and well, dude like i got home and it should have took me like it should have took me like three days to edit this and and it was like a vlog but <laughs> i was just like this so is long, the guys. worst i'm it's, sorry <laughs> that's gonna be my excuse for like the next year yeah. oh dude guys sorry i oh, edited in 42 <laughs> so we got the maximum bit rate of color that you could possibly have so i know it's like a month late but like, look at the color. Come I on. suffered for this. Come on, yeah, I bled for this. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, the Sony cameras, the the A seven S three is pretty insane. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm stoked to shoot more with it now that I figured out the codec too. How do you like the color? The color is insane. Like honestly, I have to admit, I normally shoot in uh, Cine four S gamma three. Yeah. Uh, and I totally pulled a move that I shouldn't have, and I just shot in S log three, and I wasn't like. It's normally like that's like the first thing I go is like go on a color mm-hmm. profile, change all that stuff. But I left in like a like a weird the S log three and it's totally different. I was like, man, the colors look so different. And last week I was going through my camera, I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. I left all my profile and the color's great. The color looks great, but like, and you can do so much more to it. It's just like not what I'm used to. So like everything, it changed my whole workflow. Yeah. But the color, the the ten bit is insane. Yeah. Like it's like. Yeah. It is really, really cool. With I game. noticed from shooting on it, even the just normal color profiles, like you can shoot in like a mm-hmm. Cine 4 and not really have to do anything where any previous Sony model, I've always had to just make different tweaks to get it to, to mm-hmm. get it to look how I want it. This, I feel like once like I get a good workflow down, I won't have to do any coloring. It's yeah. literally just like brightening up some stuff, adding a little bit of contrast and it's like good to go. Yeah. I think yeah. it's, I'm, I'm amazed by that camera so far. 100 yep. 100 but yeah the content of the week before we wrap up we've been at it for a minute i mean we could keep going i could keep going Dude, i'm enjoying day. this conversation can we just yeah. like go have a beer after this and hang out <laughs> right. just keep just keep the vibes keep it going keep the high vibrational, vibrational podcast yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't drink beer anymore bro i told you about the high vibes no, we'll get some kombucha some matcha. we'll get matcha, yeah, matcha wasted i'm down to get some matcha all right matcha wasted okay <laughs> Uh, who's leading? DJ. He's always the leader of content. Oh, man. Okay, he's got the go. most content. He's a content guy. I am a consumer I was going to say, you, yes. <laughs> Is it TikTok? Yes. Please tell he me there's not a uh, It's not a TikTok. I have been watching a lot of TikTok lately. Um, there is this one trend on TikTok right now that is really interesting and it's super like meta and like weird. And I might say it and you guys just might be like, what? But there's these TikToks that people are doing. This isn't my content recommendation, by the way. <laughs> but there's this one that they're doing that it's like a post apocalyptic vibe. And it's like they're going to this war with these woodchucks. It's like woodchucks have like taken over the world. <laughs> and it's so, it's so like deep and contextual that you had to have watched like hundreds of them to like understand. But it's like they're going to battle in the woodchuck war and they're just like prepping for it and getting ready for it. And it's like all these like scenarios of the woodchuck war. And it is hilarious. I'm going to have to hop on TikTok right now. You got to do it, bro. <laughs> just type in woodchuck war. You'll find it. But no, my content recommendation is actually the new uh, Taylor Swift album. Okay. Which I'm not a huge T Swift fan, but I feel like the I feel like number one, it's like a really 
raw and kind of like emotional thing for her and you can feel it in every song but also i feel like the visuals go so well with the album it's like one i always love that when you see like an album that like the visuals exactly represent what you're hearing and they're just like these really basic film photos of her like in the woods in like a peacoat and she's like not dressed up not in hair and makeup just very raw like you can tell it was probably someone on like a pentax six seven or something like that just shooting <laughs> real film out in the wilderness and like even when you're watching the songs like the little spotify like loop thing it's like her and it's not great video it's not like super depthy but it's shot on film special. the video is not shot on film ah. but the photos are but i just it just across the board it just feels like a very raw and like kind of not polished expression and it kind of and like bonnie bear is on it and there oh. she just has like a lot of cool guests on it but it's just raw and it's like for sure like a breakup album and it just is like all the feels is it like oh. vintage Who what's, was it this time what's the what's the what's know. it called um i'll just take her yeah. taylor swift willow oh wait willow. no evermore evermore, evermore yeah deluxe. Evermore. i got the deluxe version which yeah. one did you get well, I didn't buy it. Um, Prince is buying CDs over at Target. But, but these are like some of the photos. Uh, so it's like nothing oh, special, Beautiful. but it just is like, it's just raw. Yeah. And it's real. And she, you could tell she's not like made up or anything. It's like, and I feel like the song, like the songs match that vibe. That's a, yeah. that's a vibe. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of cool when you can see other artists like use their artistry and kind of transform into another like sphere of it. You know, and like when you see like, artists that do really good music videos and they take a lot of pride like the weekend for instance yeah. like like Bro, scene, so scene, cinematic but yeah. scene where they like they they they've came up in this like they're a musician and then they realize the importance of like a mu- how cool the they can do with a with a visual with a music video or like with photos and like seeing that swap over is so so cool did you see his newest video where he has like the he uh-uh. he like made himself over with oh, a yeah. prosthetic face and i almost it was it was borderline real enough he posted like a photo of it. it a lot of people are, st- dude, a lot of people are going like, ham. Did he legit get people are going surgery? ham, bro, yeah. because they think it's real. Yeah. Dude, I legit like looked <laughs> at it, it and was. I was like, I thought it was too. What like, about Kanye West's beautiful dark twisted fantasy? Have you guys seen that thirty minute video? Uh-uh. In, yeah. Oh my gosh, you kidding me? We'll have to watch the we'll have to watch at least the intro of that. Yeah. It's insane. Like there's certain musicians that take creativity to a whole nother level when they tie in like cinema and the music and they package everything up and they really give you a product and yeah. not just like yeah. a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I love about records too. It's like you get the physical record, you like unfold it and it has like this big imagery and like it, it has to be designed. And so it kind of makes the music like more real to me. So if I really love an album, like this is probably an album I'd get on vinyl because it's like mm-hmm. everything just goes together. You can tell they put the effort into it. I don't know. It just it hits different. I feel you. I like it. V, what you got on this content this week? Oh, man. Okay, well, I was reminded of this video. I don't remember if you remember watching. <laughs> I bring it out. I bring it out. <laughs> Every time like people start getting into big talks, I'm like, you guys gotta watch this video. It's probably like five years old. It's called Blind Devotion. It's like a short film by Jubilee. Oh, uh, I remember this. Do you remember it? Yeah. See when you how many people can remember a video they watched years ago? That's true. See, so you know it's it's to me, it's the whole story. This how they did the storytelling in this, because it's not a ton of crazy visuals or like a very complicated story, but you are bawling by the end of that video. And it's like, I don't know, six minutes. So good. 
So look it up. I, it's on YouTube. Just look up Blind Devotion. Can you give us a little premise without no. giving it away? I can't. All I'm saying is you're following a storyline and then it kind of switches to a different perspective. Gotcha. And in that, you're just, and it's all about love. Gotcha. It's like a sixth sense kind of it's, change up. It's so good. It's just, I love the way that they, they went about even with telling the story through two different perspectives with the same type of scenarios going on. Yeah. But the words they chose that everything's just amazing. Beautiful. Blind devotion. Jubilee Blind media. devotion. You can find it on YouTube? Yeah. Okay. I just looked it up to make sure. <laughs> Still around. Um, Kyle Van Dever, what you got, bro? What's, oh, your, what, what's been your content of the week? You were reading that book you were telling so that's, me about. I, I heard you guys talk about books, so that like first yeah. thing that popped in my head. But I just read uh, a book, The 5 a.m. Club, and it's really, really oh, interesting. Wow. Uh, it's more on just like uh, winning that first hour of your morning and mm. – getting up at five o'clock, which I've done for like the last month. Well, whenever since the first. Um, so yeah, I'm like, honestly, I, I've noticed the difference and I'm definitely going to keep doing it. Uh, and it just, you know, you start your morning 20, the first 20 minutes is exercise or moving. The second 20 minutes is like reflection. Uh, and then the last 20 minutes of that hour is spent in like growth. And that's like learning reading a book, uh, doing something. And, and it's, uh, it's definitely like, I'm in the first, like the first 22 days are like the hardest. And it's like one of those deals where you're, you're still trying to like adapt the habit, but it's really, really interesting to see like how I'm getting up easier. I'm feeling a lot more energized till about one o'clock. Uh, and then I have to like get my second dose of coffee. Yeah. No, but, uh, I feel, I feel really good like physically. And honestly, the book is written in such a way that it's like, it's an easy read. It's not necessarily like your traditional self-help. It's like told toward like through fiction, which makes you like want to oh. keep reading. Like it, you like you follow these characters through this story, and you're like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. It's one of those books when you set it down, you're like, I can't wait to read it next. Nice. Like you're stoked. So I love that. it's a great book, a really good book. I'd recommend it to anybody. What's You'd it like called it. again? Five A.M. Club by Robin Sharma. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, it's a really good book. You, I, you'd eat it up, but like I know you're saying, what were you saying about your sleep? You like to get that sleep. Hey, you're up early. You're up early. All I said time. it's harder. It's harder to get up as early during the winter. Oh time. yeah, during the winters. Yeah, like oh, summer, so. dude. I dude, I can dude. Summer, I might be up at four a.m. Literally, yeah. but wintertime, it's a lot more challenging to want to get up at five o'clock. Also, like here, I noticed getting here this morning. Like you guys are an hour ahead of us, but like in the same area of light. So like it doesn't get light till like eight o'clock here in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I got up and like normally it's, it's like huh? light at seven and I'm like, oh, you're so I'm like sitting in the van. I'm like, dude, it is still dark outside. <laughs> like, I feel like I've been up for a half the day and it's still dark. Like, yeah, but, but it, I feel like, like when you get up early though, there's something about it. Like you're like yeah. creative, like it's literally like the most creative part of the day. You get to have your coffee and stuff and it's just like, I love that for you. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like it changes? You don't like your... the morning? <laughs> yeah. DJ's... I'm not a morning guy. Yeah. I'm working on it. Um, do you feel like it changes your whole day around? Like as far as like just 100%. starting your day like that? I get, I would say I get 90% of my work done before 11 o'clock. Oh and like, my in, in a sense That's of like, sad. where like, I really like have front front loaded my day <clears throat> of like, I don't have to worry about like getting a workout in, or I don't have to worry about, mm -hmm. you know, doing something that I think I should be doing. Like my mind's like super clear in those first like three hours of my day. I just like truck through. 
And, and like, whether it be editing, whether it be, uh, you know, doing just errands to house stuff, like it's one of those things where you really feel like you, you can like attack the day in a way that you couldn't before. Like it, I've, I've prioritized cause normally like, I'm like, I need to work out. Like, and I'll do that like at like three o'clock. And then mm-hmm. like, I'm just constantly like fiddling in my day. But like, if you attack like that first hour of your day with like ruthless intention and like part of the book too, is like, like allowing yourself, uh, like really guarding your time, like guarding your time, like wholly guarding that and not allowing like little things to get in the way. And I think like the most successful people are the best with that. Like you hear people like on podcasts, like they're like, Hey, we only have you for an hour. And like those podcast people respect that because they understand how valuable their time is. Mm -hmm. Those people are, and you know what I mean? Like, and you only get 24 hours or, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, you really have to guard that time and not let yourself go down these like, Oh, I watched this and it's hard to do Like I watched a video for like, you know, a, two hours. Like I went down a rabbit hole on YouTube and I do it. Like I still do it, but like, I'm trying to get better at it. Uh, and there's sometimes it's okay. Like sometimes you like the other day I had like, I got off track and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to watch the Mandalorian and I'm just going to chill out for a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Like you have to give yourself that little nugget of like, it's okay. And handling it with grace, like failing with yeah. grace. Uh, but understanding like, yeah, tomorrow's a new day and you can get after it. The big thing about the 5am deal. So like in the summer, it's harder to get distracted early on. So what I notice is cause same deal. I can, I can get more done before nine, 10 AM than, than most people get done in an entire day or multiple days sometimes. And the main thing is between five and like eight, there's zero distraction. There's no point in being on social media cause there's nothing happening on. Mm-hmm. So everyone's sleeping. So it's like, you, we can go on there and talk to yourself and hang out. And so, and the city is quiet. So every there's the house is quiet. Everything's quiet. You're not going to get a single email because emails can be distracting. If you don't have good discipline on email uh, and text messaging and notifications, people don't realize how just even looking down at your phone for half a second, that might add 10 to 15 minutes onto whatever you're doing just mm-hmm. because you're out of that flow. Um, and so Getting up early, I think, is definitely a big one. And I really like the idea of the business fiction books. I know Marty Neumeyer, uh, who's an awesome, awesome author. He writes a ton of great books on branding. He's a brand, he's a business thriller called Scramble. That's pretty sick. So rather than teaching people like this boring way of doing strategy, he, he talks about this company who basically the CEO struggling and the CEO is, you know, the sales are down, the company's going under, the board's going to end up basically replacing him. And he has two weeks to t- completely turn around the company. So he hires this strategy uh, company and they come in and they're basically doing this workshop with his group of people and they're helping them innovate and come up with new ideas and do all these various things and all this kind of drama happens. But it's a really unique way to, to learn business without just like because business books can be so darn dry mm-hmm. and so i'm really excited to see authors <laughs> darn, darn. <laughs> <laughs> i've never I heard say that ever no, one how of my... do i love it i think that's the Great. future i think that's the future of storytelling is yeah. or even like education is like learning through story i've seen a lot more things like that just popping up all over the place where it's like the self-help thing, like telling that through stories or like even business, it's like, I feel like you pick up more and it's actually more mm-hmm. like, I feel like you can you take, invest. Yeah. You're, you're almost more invested in it. I just bought that domain selling through stories.com. There you go. You want to buy it? <laughs> How much you offer? <laughs> send it. No, it's like, it. it's, I think it's saved in a different part of your brain too. Like I've heard like studies on that. It's like when you can, when you could sell through storytelling or like, 
it, it saved in like an emotional part of your brain rather than like a fact part of your brain. And it's easier to access the information. Well, the well, best teachers are that way too. The best teachers you mm-hmm. had that where you like love their classes. They're great storytellers and, yep. and you like learning with them because it was fun versus like the teacher that's just jamming, throwing facts down yeah. your throat and expecting you to remember them. It's, it's the truth. And I think like you, you see it throughout like history too. Like you, you think of like story being one of the oldest forms of like teaching like in terms of like in you see it on like cave walls like hey like don't go near this or you know what I mean? there's paintings like stuff yep. that tells story the bible those are the, you know no, seriously Jesus. like it's one of those things that like literally like that is has the biggest impact on our brain it might be like evolutionary or something but like the side of it is like we're just more prone to listening when it's a story like we're more yeah. like all right i'm here for it like tell me like we want to hear like the hero's journey or like you know what i mean like that yeah. kind of stuff so That's so good so my content for the week Oops. <laughs> is, that the, is this your ad? Is it an ad? I told you. That was you. a Mike's Heart Lemonade or something. I tell you, he's, he's, not, he's working everywhere. Is it just his voice or is it his, like, his whole... It's did he have a shirt off again? I don't know. Um, so my content for the week, since I was talking about uh, My Dark Twisted Fantasy, the Kanye West album, the video is called Runaway. It's a full-length film. It's like 30 minutes long. You can find it on YouTube and Runaway is I'm I'm, I'm going to pick that this week because we're going to watch it real quick or at least watch a portion of it. But it's such a sick cinematic video. Kanye West directed this whole th- it's all his vision. So it's kind of it's rare that you see musicians like there, every now and again, you have these artists that really do just take complete control of all creative. Like yeah. they're going to they're going to direct their photos, they're going to produce their their album and then they're going to also produce their music videos and direct the music videos and make a short film and they're going to just do it all and do it well and this is one of those videos that's super cinematic. It's well shot. It plays the album and it basically goes scene to scene and kind of follows this girl uh this like angel it has like this really cool cinematic intro and if you haven't seen it it's super inspiring especially for a filmmaker because you could easily do this with friends. I mean, not shoot yeah. this video. You could easily do a five million dollar video Kanye. shoot with Kanye West and sure. all your friends. Yeah. yeah, no big deal. But you could easily you could easily get together, and it's like it's a it's a great form of creative expression. So just like yeah. find music you guys like and go out and just shoot dope yeah. videos. Like yeah. go make creative stuff to like play. Yeah, just go yeah. play. And so that's all I got. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Creator Clubhouse. Kyle, thank you so much for stopping by and uh, visiting us. We're, we're really grateful to have you, and uh, we thank look you. forward to seeing you have an amazing 2021. Heck yeah. Don't forget to eat your high, vib- high vibrational food either. <laughs> Someone skip breakfast. <laughs> We'd love to know what you guys think about the episode. If you guys love the episode, let us know. If you guys learned something from the episode, let us know. If you guys want to make a comment, if you guys want to ask a question, if you guys want to tell us that was terrible, whatever you guys want to say, call us at 208-391-2844. got to do it like Mike Jones. That's how people remember things. 208-391-2844. It's catchy. Yeah. 208-391-2844. Uh, peace out, guys. <laughs>